Welcome to Idaho Speakeasy. I'm Mike Turner with Phil Mount, and we're on a mission to uncover and share the stories of Idaho's finest entrepreneurs, community leaders, local icons, and those who are impacting our community. Today in the Speakeasy, we have Chris Rudd. She's the owner of Our Planet Soap. Welcome to the Speakeasy. Thank you for having me. Okay. So, Chris, um, we've had a wonderful pre-conversation out and uh, outside the studio, and I'm really excited about to share your story with um, the listeners. And so, um, our planet soap, just for people who you know haven't heard of that, can you tell us wh- what 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 your business is all about? So, um, we make natural, cold process, handmade soap in small batches. All of our palm-free, which is really probably the most um, the thing that differentiates us from a lot of handmade soap companies, mm-hmm. and we'll talk more about that later. Mm-hmm. Each one of our soaps is named after an endangered animal, so we have a tiger soap and an orangutan soap, etc. And then ten percent of the profits of those bars are donated to endangered species conservation efforts. Okay. Yes. And wow. So. So you mentioned a couple of things there that I didn't understand, like cold process and the palm oil thing. Okay, So anyway, so explain those two parts. Right. So palm oil, um, you know, I started making soap about five or six years ago in my kitchen. And if you picked up a book on how to make soap, it was all pretty much made with palm oil, which surprised me because... Growing, I grew up a lot in the south of France. My mom is French, and we historically soap there for thousands of years has been made with olive oil and, and seawater. It was a pretty basic recipe, and it's very gentle on the skin. And so all I had to do was a little Googling as to palm oil and what the heck is palm oil and, and what it, the sort of devastation that it was causing in mostly Malaysia and Indonesia. Uh, chopping down the rainforests, and that's the only place where the orangutans live, so the orangutans are going extinct. So it was pretty horrifying, and I thought, well, geez, they've been making soap for thousands of years with olive oil. I'm sure I can figure out how to do this. Um, I'm happy to say that in the last couple of years, more more and more people know the problems about palm oil. When I say palm oil, they go, oh, yeah, I I know what that is. So uh, that's what I do is I make palm oil-free soap. Okay. Now, the problem for me as a soap maker is that I pay about two to three times more for olive oil than you do for palm oil. Right. I mean, palm oil is in half of the products you buy in the grocery store. It's a very stable oil, so it's in processed foods. It makes very hard, bubbly soap, even though it's probably a little bit harsher on your skin than olive oil. It's in biofuel. I mean, it's a very productive oil per acre. So in the last probably 20 years, it is kind of taken over the planet and because it's popular we're losing a lot of rainforest and all the problems that go with that right because palm oil can be grown mostly only in tropical areas right right so it's originally from africa i was surprised to learn that but it grew a lot better in indonesia and malaysia indonesia i think makes i don't know 80 or 90 percent of the the palm oil right now although it's spread it's spreading to south america but it needs to be in a tropical rainforest kind of area yeah okay now, meanwhile, typical soap, yes. right, that you go to the grocery store, you buy a bar of soap, mm-hmm. that's not made from olive oil or palm oil or, or anything else typically, right? Well, I would say the typical bar that you pick up at the grocery store, um, most of it 
if you'll notice, doesn't actually say soap on it. It'll say body bar or that that uh, shower gel, Irish Spring shower gel that you pick up is body gel. It doesn't say soap because it's not actually technically soap. It's kind of a chemical process. If you read the ingredients, it has all these names that you know you can't pronounce. You don't know what they are. Right. Um, so, so first you have to know that is. Okay. There are actual real soap now that you can buy, but most of them are made out of palm oil, and they're made in a commercial process. Okay. Which this is my soap nerddom coming out now. <laughs> yeah, there you it go. leads me back to your your question about cold process, which is a commercial process. It gives you a really hard bar that a lot of times they call it triple milled soap, and it's pretty. They can shape it into pretty molds and stuff like that, and it lasts a really long time. But it it's got all of the glycerin and good stuff squeezed out of it. Cold process is more like home cooking. I mean, in the old days, they used to boil soap. I don't know if you ever used to go to like a Renaissance fair and there'd be these big tubs of, they'd call it lye soap, and it was, you know, they'd boil it for a couple of days. Nowadays, I make it at room temperature. Uh, I don't boil anything, so I'm treating all of those expensive oils and things I put in there gently, and it for- forms a chemical process, the lye and the oils, and you get a cold process soap. Okay, mm. interesting. So. I recall that that back when most soaps were actually made of animal tallow, and a lot of them still are, and and there's um, a lot of good reasons to do that. Um, I try not to eat a lot of animals myself, okay. and that's a personal choice. But a lot, you know, we have a lot of byproduct from the meat industry, so tallow and lard actually make really good soap. Okay. I've chosen not to do that, okay. um, but as long as you know, as long as we've got that byproduct, why throw it away? We might as well make soap out of it. Sure, right, and 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 then I'm really fascinated by. I'm actually holding uh, a couple of bars of your soap, and you have things like polar bears and, and orangutans, you things like that. Mm-hmm. So, how did this kind of concept, or why? Why uh, these endangered animals? Um, how? Why? 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 Yeah. So yeah, tell us about <laughs> I that. Think why? Yeah. Well, it really was early on in my soap making process when I learned about palm oil, and I thought a lot of my friends saw me making soap, and a lot of people make soap. A lot of me people make great soap in their kitchen, and so from a, from an entrepreneurial viewpoint, I was figuring how do I differentiate myself from everyone else who's making great soap. First was the palm oil, as I decided to not use palm oil, and that was a major step. But also, I thought, when I learned about palm oil, I thought, well, what if I was to make soap without palm oil and call it orangutan soap and then donate some profits to orangutan conservation? That seemed like an obvious jumping-off point, which then led me to everything else. I thought, well, geez, there's a lot of – I mean, most animals are either nearly on the extinction list or they're severely endangered. I think we've lost 60% of – all wild animals on the planet in the last 30, 40 years. So it's a, it's a bigger issue than just orangutans or Asian rhinos, for example. So. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Chris Rudd. She is the owner founder of Our Planet Soap. And uh, so, Chris, um, so this is a really cool uh, idea. I mean, I, I, it's, I love when I see businesses try to, to not only – I mean, you're a startup – Right. Which is interesting in itself, and you're local, right. and you're trying to do this, you know, this this cool new business. Um, and I'm glad you think it's cool. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think I mean, I mean, some people start in the garage. You start in your kitchen, right? And 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 you're expanding out beyond that. Yes. And 
and we get to speak with you here in studio because you're you know homegrown here. And so I just like I so I like that the startup stuff. I think is really cool. But what I think where you've really uh, exceeded uh, you know so many so many common levels is is taking it so many steps further with this idea of doing you know building a business, trying to build it smart so it it can survive, but also try to solve problems along the way, you know, right. through your passions or through things that, um, you know, just by, by clever business practices and a lot of heart and passion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and so it's like... It's, All but, entrepreneurs know that you work seven days a week. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so let's talk about, because this is quite the endeavor. So let's talk about backstory. Well, what kind of led you up to this point of taking on this new right. endeavor? Right. Well, I'm, I'm a person that likes to make things. You know, I'm a maker. And like I think other people that like to make things, builders, carpenters, artists, you know, you can just make stuff, but then eventually you have to sell your stuff. I mean, unless you're independently wealthy and you have yeah. unlimited storage space, <laughs> you know, you, if, you're, if you're a maker, you need to become an entrepreneur and sell your stuff. So I, I, it's not so much that I think of myself as, as a uh, – that I want to be an entrepreneur or a business owner, but I want to make my stuff. And you – you referred to it earlier that I want to use my soap as a platform to talk about other issues that are related to everything we consume, which is sustainability of ingredients. Um, you notice I don't wrap my soap in any plastic or anything. It's in a 100% post-consumer recycled cardboard box with a removable paper label. Uh, a lot of soap makers shrink wrap their soap or other things. Um, so I look at it holistically and I don't want to lay any guilt on anybody, but if you have, say you have my Tiger Bar and you're in the shower every morning, maybe you can take five minutes while you're showering to say, gee, what could I do today that would make me a better sort of planetary citizen? Maybe I won't buy uh, a bottle of water in a plastic bottle, or maybe, you know, it's just that way after, you know, hundreds of showers, maybe you've changed a habit. Right. So I want people to think about that when they're using my soap. And what I like what you're doing is that you're giving people the option to know that you can buy this soap or this other soap, which is made by these other products, which may right. be causing a, a problem that you feel, you know, you know, that you're worried about. But, but you know, that before, but there may not be, until your product comes along and others like it, it's right. like, it's... You don't know their alternatives. Right. Right. And so just yeah. by making, giving them the choice right. of buying your soap, you've, you've, You've won a lot of battles, I think. So, well, so, you know. I've had a lot of people tell me in the last few weeks that they were going to, we won't name them, but a few nice uh, grocery stores, upper-end grocery stores in Boise and buying handmade soap, and now they've started reading labels, and they go, oh my gosh, it's mostly palm oil. They didn't realize that. Yeah. And so, again, you know, palm oil is, is very versatile, it's inexpensive, it does a lot of great things. Um, it supports... You know, uh, uh, small farmers in areas that need money. Yeah, I don't feel that you know by a small soap company deciding to not use palm oil that I'm hurting anybody by by not using it. You know, it's used mm -hmm. in huge industries, so right. I, I don't think that's an issue. Yeah. But I want people to be able to say, okay, I can make a choice between a palm oil soap or non-palm oil soap, or, and I haven't even got on the issue of chemicals, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, about a soap that's mostly just chemicals or a soap that's a natural soap. Yeah, you so. hit on that earlier, like, yeah, most of these things on the shelf are not even soap. 
Well, that's true. And I, I always I think the example that really sticks in people's heads is uh, drug patches or like nicotine patches. We stick them on our skin and then the drugs from that patch go straight into your bloodstream. So people think, oh, whatever I wash my, my, my skin with is not going to be absorbed in my body. Well, it is, actually. Hmm. So that's another choice I he's think kind people of freaked, have to make. He's kind of freaked me out a little bit. I know. <laughs> I'll stop now. I won't scare you any further. <laughs> so, <laughs> EWG.org is a great place to go check um, the safety rating of chemicals. So you can, oh, okay. whatever you buy, flip it over, type in those long chemical names, and then EWG will tell you whether... They're safe or not. Since you're really knowledgeable on this, I might as well just get some more facts. Oh dear, from you. I'm not a chemist. Right. I want to say, but but so like, is it the same thing with like shampoo and things like that? Oh, of course. Okay. I make a shampoo bar. Okay. Um, a bar, shampoo. A bar. shampoo bar and a conditioner bar. I want you to. Frankly, I want everyone to get all the plastic bottles out of their bathroom. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> and plus, when you travel, it doesn't leak. Okay. You know, but when, you know when you buy a shampoo bottle, it's like 98 percent water. So you're paying for water, and then you got to lug right. water around. So I'm going to ask the question that most naive people like me yes. are thinking right now: like, yeah. how do you, you know, do you shampoo your hair with a bar? Is yeah, like, how's, is that much different? Or? I know. I, I don't know why people find that so difficult. Yeah, right. Well, it's because we've never done it. <laughs> yes, it's. Um, it's always coming out of the plastic. Actually, bottle. I will. To to be truthful, I make all my soaps could actually be used on your hair. Okay. Um, people have short hair. A lot of guys. I have short hair now, so yeah. I mean, I kind of you can kind of use it everywhere. That sounds very minimalist. I like it. It's very minimalist. Okay. Um, I do say the shampoo bars tend to have less oil in them because you're a lot of people's hair doesn't need to be that oily. So that's maybe the difference between yeah. those two things, but mm-hmm. yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask a question about <clears throat> other ingredients, right? So if mm-hmm. you use olive oil, mm-hmm. um, is there a reason olive oil, or do you use other kinds of oils as mm-hmm. well? Oh, that's like a soap nerd's ultimate question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, So, so you what you learn when you're making soap is that uh, I use lots of different oils. Okay. It's, I use an olive oil base okay. that I infuse with healing plants, and that's one of my secrets to how people okay, always so say you're your from soap the south of France, so I'm guessing lavender comes in here at some Well, point. I use lavender essential oil, for sure, yeah, as yeah. a scent. But there's, like, really sort of ugly plants that, like, people have used for thousands of years to heal wounds, like plantain is one of my favorites, or comfrey is a plant that looks like a weed. In fact, sometimes it's growing out in the field. But that actually is really anti-inflammatory for the skin and soothes it. So I infuse my olive oils with all of my plants— Okay. okay. And then other oils that I tend to use regularly, I use coconut oil, castor oil. I mean, I use shea butter, cocoa butter, all these things. And each one of those oils has a different profile. And so olive oil makes really soft soap, but it would never bubble, Okay. for example. All right. Coconut oil makes really bubbly soap, but man, it's really harsh on your skin. Okay. So the key, and this is what the creative part comes in, is taking all these ingredients and crafting what you consider to be the perfect soap. All right. Just slightly bubbly enough, moisturizing enough, you know, all okay. those things. That's the secret. So I'm just thinking about other kind of like oils that I have in my kitchen. You know, I have you could. canola oil or peanut oil. You or, could. Yeah. I mean, canola oil um, is, I don't like the way it's processed. If you read about how canola oil is made, first okay. of all, if it's a lot of canola oil is GMO, which I stay away from. And it's also processed with hexane, so it's kind of filtered through a chemical, and then they take up the remaining oil from that. I'm going to stay away from that. There is very expensive types of canola oil that don't. So, again, 
if you really get into the details of it, each oil, it can be organic, it can be GMO, it can be, you know, how it's processed. Same with essential oils. Essential oils are a very complicated subject. They're made in different ways. And that all goes into the creativity and how much expense you want to put into your ingredients and, and, and stuff like that. So You are a soap nerd. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, I use, I use a lot of stuff from the kitchen. So I yeah. use for natural colors like yeah. turmeric, you know, which yeah. is like an Indian food. Yeah. Makes beautiful yellow in soap. Yeah. Mm. And turmeric is also an anti-inflammatory for the skin. So it's a really great ingredient to put mm. in, your, in your soap. I use lots of sea salt. Sugar makes soap bubbly. Mm. Um, I use clays because clays are an ancient way of exfoliating our skin. It's a very nat- So I use lots of different clays for how it treats your skin and what color it is. And, oh, my gosh. It's endless. Okay. Yeah. It's endless and really exciting. <laughs> Well, and I, what I get excited about as well is uh, when a business owner kind of takes on this new role of, I mean, you're obviously you're being very conscious with the product that you're making about what's in it right. and how it, it impacts not just the person who's using it, but the planet. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's really awesome. But then you've taken it another step further and you're donating 10%, you know, that's a huge chunk. I mean, mm-hmm. there's not that much margins. In, no. <laughs> and It's a little so, scary in 2018, I have to be honest. Yes. I mean, right. It's yeah. like, it's a huge deal. Yeah. Um, and so I think, uh, uh, I think that's really a, a, an awesome, you're an awesome case study for, I think, other people to oh, learn gee. from. Even, you know, I know you're, you know, you're just, as, you're just still ramping up and you're still right. getting, uh, now just going to the point of getting the word out and spreading. Right. And, uh, and I know that can be a really scary time for an entrepreneur. Um, how, how's that going? Are you, you know, is, is it, this isn't your first business, right? Right. Okay. I had another business beforehand back okay. uh, 20 years ago. Um, I was importing Italian pigments and a lot of people in Boise, uh, used to know me as the color lady or the pigment lady. Mm. Again, it was a, a it was a business that combined uh, natural materials, sort of organic, original materials, and me doing the hard work of making a modern product the old fashioned way. That I just love that. Yeah, it's kind of my, my the 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 perfect situation for me is to have that creativity of doing that, making it into a usable product. So I'm, you know, I like that combination of things. So here I am again. Yes. Um, well, but he, yeah, we're 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 slowly getting the word out. We're brand yeah. new. Our yeah. website went live a month ago, so it's really new. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I I had this idea three years ago, this was a really long time that I've been thinking about this. Maybe yeah. too long if you're trying to launch a new business. But uh, so far, I was still the only one that had the the brand concept yeah. to do it. But um, my plan was to really be able to make the best soap that. I can make that really I think nobody makes better soap some people make great soap but I don't think anyone makes better soap than me so that was primary it can't just be a branding concept yeah you know it had to be about a really great product and soap is a hard sell people kind of go that's everywhere soap is soap yeah you know I I won't mention any names but there are lots of people who are probably listening right now who had me shove little pieces of soap at them over the past few years and they kind of go put that in a drawer I won't use it how good could it be and then they try it and if I can get them to, to, for a couple of weeks, take everything else out of the shower and just use natural, they're amazed at how, you know, little problems that they thought was just normal, oh, it's Idaho, it's dry, my skin's itchy, how that goes away yeah. when they stop using chemicals. So, so the idea was to have the best product and then really to do something that I'm passionate about, 
and it's kind of I feel it's a little selfish because I'm learning so much about uh, deforestation and climate change and endangered species and all these things that I'm really interested in. I'm hoping to do interviews with people who work in those fields. And so as I learn more, I can help educate my customers more about these issues and why should they care? Yeah. You know, why should we care that orangutans go extinct? Yeah. I mean, most people, I think, think that. They go, yeah, that would be sad, but do we care? It's important. It really is. I mean, you talk about biodiversity and how mm-hmm. ecosystems, everything works. I just read that 50% of the insects in Central America have disappeared. Really? They're gone. You know, it's from chemicals. It's from sure. all sorts of things. Climate, you know, climate change is affecting temperatures. And huh. animals don't, unless they can migrate, they don't necessarily can't, you know, adapt to clim- climate changes where they live, yeah. but also all the chemicals and mm. fertilizers. So, you know, there's animals that live on those insects. And then, so it's a chain. So it right. makes a difference. Yeah. Hmm. So, so what, do you have a vision of what you're hoping to do? I mean, obviously you're, you're ramping up, but I, <laughs> I, but I love to, let me just back up one step though, and, and just compliment you on something you said about, because I think a lot of times people come up with an idea for a business and they're thinking, yep, I can make money doing that. What's wrong with that? And the goal is, all right, this can make money. Let's 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 move forward with you that. You just advertise the heck out of it. Yeah, or whatever. Trick it, people into buying and it, your maybe product. Maybe it's the best product. Maybe it's not. Yeah. But they're like, yeah. yeah, I can see a way to sell that. Yeah. And what I love what you says, like, no, I want it to be the best, and I, that's going to take me a while to figure out. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna be, uh, I, you know, in my kitchen figuring this out, and if I'm, you know, whether it takes one or two years, I'm gonna figure it out. And then four years, four years. Okay, so I mean, but you have the, but you have, and you have the swagger about it because you've worked on it for so long, and you know it's good because you yeah. put the time in, you did your homework, and you you did all the testing, and now you have a product you're like you're really super proud about, and you're and you're doing something really cool with it. So I'm just like, whoa, you know, it's, well, that's it, awesome. it gets even nerdier than that because, okay. for example, my elephant soap, okay. which is unscented. Because elephants are delicate creatures. They okay. really are. All right. Has a little activated charcoal, which detoxes your skin, but it makes it gray. So it kind of looks like a little elephantine air is what I call it. Uh-huh. But I also put in marula oil, which is like a really new, in the beauty world, marula oil is really hot. Marula oil comes from a tree called the elephant tree. So that's why I put it in the elephant bar. All right. So that's for the soapy, the soapy fans. Yeah. Each product, each product has been designed after that animal. So, it. so as you talk about, you know, this company startup, I'm, I'm also thinking about, you know, two companies that, turn of the last century, you know, started much the same way and became enormous, making the same product. And right. so I'm thinking, Colgate Palmolive and, oh. and and Procter and Gamble. Right. 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 And I mean, you think about the origins of ivory soap. I know, right? yeah, and and because well, soap is ivory, soap is an ancient product. I have to that's say, right. but until ivory yeah. came about, right? Yeah. Soap was always handmade. Yeah, right. I I remember my great grandmother making yeah. her own soap. She probably made it from like lard and tallow too. Probably she leftovers did because of, we were mm-hmm. hillbillies in no, but South, listen, it Ohio, totally makes right? sense. You use yeah. every part of the animal if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna eat the animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Chris, so um, what do you hope? What do you hope? Our planet soap goes. I mean, what do you have like this daydream of what your what it can be and where you want it to go? Well, sure. I mean, I I would like to really convince people that natural soap really is much better for you, first of all, mm-hmm. and to have them take a look around their house and pretty much everything they come in contact with 
and, and make better choices about buying. I think I want to convince people that you don't have to sacrifice to make a better choice for your health or for the planet. You really don't. I think when people think about, oh, I'm, I need to not contribute to climate change, so I'm going to have to, like, you know, sacrifice, and it's going to be painful, but I'll do it, dang it. You don't have to. So I'd like to convince them of that first. And second of all, just become more aware about this climate change issue is real, and it's here. we got to get serious about it fast. So I'm not saying that buying my soap is going to solve climate change, but um, it's a start. Right. You're doing something. A little. Yeah. You can make a choice every single day to yeah. make a better choice. Wow. That's awesome. We've been speaking with Chris Rudd. She is the owner, founder of Our Planet Soap. You can find more information at Our planetsoap.com and and so I uh, you've given me some samples so I can't wait to uh, try it out <laughs> I'm gonna try it on my hair too okay yeah yeah I'm so, thinking about I should have I should have brought I should have brought shampoo bars for you well but, right because I'm just that the whole that whole concept okay, well, is fascinating is, me I, I will say every Saturday and normally my little soap factory um, is not open to the public because mm-hmm. soap making you are using giant bats of yeah. hot oil and lye so it's not a safe um, thing for people to be around, but um, every Saturday till Christmas we're open from ten to three, and mm-hmm. pe- people can come in and buy presents. Okay. I'm also doing demos of DIY beauty things that people can do at home at eleven because mm-hmm. I think a lot of stuff. Don't buy it, make it. Sure. And so I'm teaching people how to do that, and they can also make little presents and stuff. Fun uh, for Christmas. So I love fun. it. Terrific. I love. Well, it's been a pleasure having you here and hearing your story, Thank and you. I can't wait to keep watching it because it seems like you're doing so. Cr- some really cool stuff. Again, we've been speaking with Chris Rudge uh, with Our Planet Soap. You can find more information at OurPlanetSoap.com. All right. Well, again, thanks for coming in. It was a pleasure to have you, Chris. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.